Hey guys, I'm Stephanie Wallace, and this is Independence Radio, a broadcast of Independence Care System. Independence Radio is a series of conversations with members of the ICS community about issues of health care and independent living for people with disabilities and older adults. My guest today is Laureen Looney, ICS's Senior Vice President of Communications and Marketing. I spoke with Laureen about the spirit of collaboration between members and staff that makes ICS the unique nurturing community it is. And just to let you know, I got a little emotional. Enjoy the conversation. Could you please explain to us what being a member of ICS entails? Well, I think for us, we think that membership has responsibilities, right? We want our members to come to ICS and to understand that they're our partner and that we go through the process of helping them to live their best life in the community by providing them with the services that they need. But they also have to have a voice and, and, a, and represent themselves in that process. Right. Now, one of the things I noticed is that um, in other organizations, people are used to being basically dictated to. Right. This is what you can do, this is what you can't do. Sure. ICS draws the member in and looks for collaboration. How how do you reach out to the members to let them know, you know, that this is a new a new thing, a new way to do it? Yeah, well, I think that ICS has always thought of themselves as a collaborator with our members. And remember that ICS started out in 2000 as a pretty small organization that was really focused on people with disabilities, and it was a fairly small community. So most of the people, we knew most of the people, and most of the people knew us at that point, right? And so, but figuring out along the way that community is part of what we offer at ICS, and doing that meant that we offered social programs, for example, ways for people to connect and collaborate and work together. And a lot of what happened in the beginning was that we saw that our members weren't able to get to those places or that they had their community center was accessible, but it had a ramp that was so steep that you couldn't get up it without you know, a forklift behind you. So that, really, I think that ICS has been trying to be responsive throughout the life of the organization and really listening to our members to try to figure out what it is that they need to do what they want to do in the community. And so reaching out to them and inviting them into the organization through social programs or through other educational opportunities is one way that we reach out, but also kind of that collaborative process. And in the beginning of ICS, there was a social worker and a nurse that worked together and met with the member. And now there's an IDT that sits, the interdisciplinary team, that where the member meets with that uh, group of people and really collaborates on their healthcare. And, and the, the driver of that conversation is and should be the member. And they should tell us what they want. I'm sorry, what is IDT again? Uh, interdisciplinary team. Okay, and that includes who? Uh, it usually includes the nurse, the social worker, the member. It can include the doctor if that that's on, the, the doctor if uh, on the FIDA side, um, and then it also can include anybody else that the member chooses. So you could have your home care aide, a family member, another specialist, or somebody that you work with, your psychiatrist, for example. It could include other folks as well. Okay, and this is all to determine. So this is all to determine the person-centered service plan, or PCSP. So every 180 days, the member has a new opportunity to develop the PCSP. And that's important because it really is the thing that drives what ICS is doing for you, right? And so if you 
kind of take that in passively and say, oh, the nurse is coming, whatever, check, 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 check the boxes. And don't really think about what your goals are or what you're working towards or what you want to see in your life. Then that's going to be a very perfunctory process, right? The nurse is going to come in, you're going to ask you the questions, check the boxes and go home. If you're participating and you say, hey, listen, I really want to go get driver, a driver's license. I'm making things up, right? But right. how can ICS help to connect you to those community-based resources so that you can pursue whatever it is that you want? But in order to do that, you have to communicate and be oh. an active participant. So this is the member's chance right. to speak up yes, and to say, this is what I want my life to be. Absolutely. And to see how it is that ICS can help. Absolutely. That yeah. Okay. And ICS can't do everything, right? right? I mean, we we, we I are on vacation. Seriously, no. right, right. I'd like to live in Puerto Rico. Me too. Um, but I think that understanding one of the things that we talked about and I know that you talked to Marcus about in in the uh, podcast that you did around self-advocacy is understanding what ICS can do and does do. So that you know that you're asking questions that we can help you with. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't ask us about things that we don't provide, right? So we have a list of covered services, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a conversation with us about learning to drive, for example. That's not something we cover, but it's something that we can connect you with. And our job is to help you, but through coordinating your care, our job is to help you to connect with things that you want to do. Okay, now that's interesting. Um, so you you would, if let's say we're going to go back to this, learning how to drive. This is not what ICS does, guys. But... <laughs> So let's say I come to you, I want to learn how to drive, you know, and that, that's, that's a good point. I have problems with my vision and in order to correct it, I would need to have an operation. So I would speak to my social worker sure. about that yeah. and then these things would be coordinated as far as pointing me in directions where I need to go, what type of things that I need to do to get, this, to get this done. That's right. Okay. Um, what, do, what do you, how do you reach out to members who, because I believe, and in and, and speaking with uh, some of the past uh, podcasts that I did, like speaking with Dr. Kitson, I'm noticing a turn in healthcare. And that turn is in getting uh, members, uh, pa- well, patients for, you know, for in healthcare. Doctor, sure. um, just getting people to be more active in their own care. How how does ICS how is ICS going to reach out to members you know to get that message across you know that you need to be more active in because some of us are kind of um, rooted <laughs> in sure. the old way of, of doing things. Yeah, I think that I mean we're doing a whole bunch of things, right? We're doing these kinds of podcasts. We're doing member education. Last year we did a whole series around advanced directives and helping people to have those kind of conversations about what you want at the end of your life or what you want if you end up uh, in, incapacitated and need to make those kinds of decisions. We've done uh, work around medication management. We've done stuff around flu shots and, and doing uh, getting your flu shot so you can be healthy and active in the community. I think a lot of it is just about providing education around issues that members care about or where where we know that our members have um, challenges. And and a lot of it is about helping people to understand what their rights and responsibilities are as members. And we do that through the independent. We do that through our blog. We keep people connected to issues in the community through our blog and through the newsletter, through Facebook, through 
uh, Instagram, right, where we're trying to tell people about what's happening in the community so that you can be connected both to ICS and to the broader community of people with disabilities. You know, as an, as an ICS member myself, I noticed that um, ICS, the, you, you reach out a lot. What is my responsibility as a member? How do I make this process of membership better for myself? I think the first and most important thing is to open your mail. And that mail? Your mail, oh, okay. absolutely. <laughs> okay, that's number but, one. So <laughs> the any official communication that's coming from ICS is going to come to you through snail mail. It just is the way that it is. We hear from lots and lots of members who tell us that they didn't know something was happening or changing. We hear from people who say, oh, I didn't know about the Yankee game or whatever it is because they don't open their mail. And I get that mail is old fashioned for a lot of people, but it is the primary way that we communicate with members. So first and foremost, open your mail. The second thing is that we have lots of other ways to communicate with people, whether that's on our website, whether that's through the blog, whether that's through the independent, our newsletter, which is a fantastic collection of information that people should be reading when it comes out every seven or eight weeks. Um, and I think that there's opportunities to come to the office to get education. There's opportunities for you to participate on social media. There's opportunities for people to um, to do a lot of different stuff with ICS. But I think first and foremost, especially about official communication, the message is open your mail. Okay, because I'm glad you said that because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone, Stephanie. I really don't. You're it's like, not oh, alone. ICS, okay. Right, you know, exactly. I, I feel like usually, I, it, well, I'm in touch with a lot of people right. around here, so, yeah. you know, whatever. And yeah. most of the things, I'm, I'm a, um, and this is something I also want, want to, um, make a distinction with there there was at one point uh, um, a program maybe ICS was doing where uh, the member right member directed what, mm -hmm. is that is that what it's called yeah okay and uh, does, do, is that still going on or is so th that well I mean that's a little bit complicated so yes it's still going because on this, it, it kind of sounds like this is what it's coming around to. Do you understand what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I think really what we've always believed is that the person that we're providing services to is an expert in themselves, right? We, you know better than us about how your body feels today. That is because it's your body, right? So we could take any prescription or any intervention that we might have as an organization and put it on top like those old... Um, what were those things called? Over the clear, right. The, yes, exactly. Overhead projector? Yeah. That was the name of those thing? things, though. I forget. Anyway. Anyway. So, <laughs> so we could lay on top of, of your life whatever prescription or, or intervention we think is going to work for you. But if you know it's not going to work for you because you are an expert in you, right, mm -hmm. you should have the opportunity to speak up and to say, you know what? That's not going to work for me. If I came to you and said, Stephanie, I have this great program. We have this great program where you can use mass transit and you can get a, a half, uh, half price metro card and you'll be able to travel anywhere you want all month long. And you say to me, I don't like to take mass transit. That program doesn't work for you, right? So we have a great program. You're a great person. Yes. Those two things might not intersect, right? right, right. But in, if, if I come to you and I say, this is the intervention that I think is right for you, and you don't speak up, then you're going to get something that you don't need or want. And you know that you're not going to do it. I feel like 
Um, I'll tell you that my mother goes to the doctor frequently, and uh, my mom's 82 years old, and she'll go to the doctor, and the doctor will give her a prescription. And she'll come home with the prescription and throw it in the garbage. And I say, Mom, why don't you tell him that you're not going to take the prescription? He thinks that you're going home to get better with this drug that he just gave you, and you're not... If you know when you're there, just tell him, right? And so I feel like... And I know... Um, I feel like healthcare is moving in that direction where people people are being respected in a different way and the doctor is not kind of the, the god, god in this yeah. process, <laughs> nor is ICS the god in this process, right? We want you to tell us about what it is that's right for you. And if you don't, then we don't have a way of knowing. How is, how is that being received by the members? Are you finding that members are getting that message or... or I think that I think that people always believed they were experts in their own care. Mm-hmm. I think that they have been dying to have <laughs> an opportunity <laughs> to tell somebody about where they are with the with with anything, mm-hmm. right? I think that people when invited to participate in a process, I think people feel comfortable in expressing their values and their views and we are trying to become uh, better listeners in that process and trying to be respectful of what it is that people are saying to us. And sometimes um, I know that Gene Minkle has told stories before about people coming up with a solution to a situation that wouldn't be prescribed by a physical therapist anywhere, anytime, mm-hmm. but it works for that person. And at some point you have to say, it works for you, right? It, it may not be a textbook solution, but it's a solution that works for you. And how can we support somebody's solution that works for them, assuming that they're not harming themselves and not right. putting themselves in a bad situation and all of those caveats that our attorneys would come in now and say, <laughs> <laughs> the opinion of Lorraine Looney is not the opinion of independence care system. Um, but I do think it's important to, uh, to just listen and to have a conversation and to invite people to participate. It, it does a lot for the quality of life of a person. Um, I think I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> Go for it, Stephanie. Um, Go for it. Things like the social programming and I'm, you know, and I, I tell all the time when I first came here, didn't know that this was insurance. <laughs> didn't know. Um, but the social programming, the openness, I just would encourage anybody with a disability to, to come here because it it lets you live. You know, it lets you live. And, right. and it gives you a different perspective on what living with a disability is. Absolutely. You know, just to, to come to a place and, and not be treated as a patient. You know, to be respected as a person. And... Mm. Sorry. Nothing to be sorry about. That's great. I thought when I became disabled and I stopped working, I thought that I would just be sitting on that bed watching TV forever. I stopped going out with my family. I stopped going out with my kids. You know, and then I came here and it's like, Oh, sorry. It's like being able to live openly without feeling like the odd person in the room. Right. You know, to be around other people and see that it was a 
that they were living full lives. Absolutely. You know, it encourages you. Absolutely. To, you know, you look at yourself and you say, okay, so what can I be doing? Right. You know, and as you can see. <laughs> the possibilities become real. Yes. Right? I mean, yes. I think sometimes you see people with disabilities on TV and they tend to be in the super crip category, mm -hmm. right? Where they're climbing Mount Everest yeah, yeah. Or, you know, whatever it is, right? I'm and, never going to do that. Yeah, well, God bless them. I mean, you know, that's a nice thing, but not everybody wants to climb Mount Everest, right? Mm -hmm. And so how do you figure out... How do you figure out a way to find a community of people that can inspire you or that just accept you for you, for where you are, right? Maybe you don't need to be inspired right this second. Right. Maybe maybe the inspiration that you need is getting to ICS once a week, right? And that's as much as you can do right now. That's okay. And I think that this is a community of people that really cares about one another and that truly believes truly. that there's some there's a value in being together. And I think that... Not everybody needs that, Stephanie, right? Not everybody needs community in that way. Not everybody needs people, need people in that way. But I think for those of us who do, us do, it's an incredibly important uh, connection. The other thing I really want to say is that our members have so much to offer the world. Yes. And that we see it all the time. We see members who volunteer to teach classes or members who come back to us and say, hey, Lorraine, I know about this and I want to I want to be able to do this or I went to this place and I want all of the members to go to this place. What can I do to get that together? And I we have had I want to say the music group, the men's group, the women's group, the young women's group. Um, that's fully half Rainbow of connection. the Rainbow Connection. That's fully half of the programs that we're currently offering were started by members who said to us, hey, you know what? I care about something and I think other people care about it. I'm going to give it a shot. And I'm, I'm, I'm a really big fan of experimenting. Like I'm a really mm -hmm. big fan of trying things. Yeah, sure. Let's try it. See if it sticks. And um, where people have tried things that stuck, it's been really remarkable. And it's been, it's been all about somebody having passion and wanting to share it. And those are people with disabilities, right? Mm -hmm. And they're here to offer whatever gifts they have. And, and we're happy to receive them. That's wonderful because you just, it's just, I can't even explain because I, a lot of times when you have when you're living with a disability, let's say your legs don't work or whatever, people think your brain stops working. Right on. You know, and and you're looked at and you're treated with pity and and sympathy. Absolutely. And you don't know how many times I walk down the street and well, roll down the street right. and people are oh God bless, oh, bless I'm you. sorry. And I'm like, what are you sorry for? You did this, you know. <laughs> sorry for what? one time I'm sitting waiting one of my accessory and some guy just you know handed me money and I'm like what you know, I looked at it it was a dollar I gave it back you know had, it was a hundred dollars I might have kept it right? maybe I kept it but um, so funny. you know you're treated with pity and you're treated with sympathy and just that respect getting respect and people realizing that you are a whole person. Whole person. Your legs don't work. Right. Okay. You know. Yeah. It, it it just it puts you in a good place and it allows you to to give what you can give and do what it is that you can do. And I I, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it too. I think it's just a huge deal for people yeah. to have a community and and I mean studies show that people who have a community age better, they're healthier, mm -hmm. they do better, right? And it, and it's a, so there's a scientific 
support right, for right, this right. process. That's not why we do it. I mean, we really do it because we believe that our community, both our staff and members, is vital to this mission that we have to help people to live independently in the community. And being independent means a lot of things to a lot of people, right? And I've been in rooms where Marilyn Saviola, who's our Senior Vice President of Advocacy in the Women's Health Program, who is a ventilator-dependent quadriplegic, has said, I'm independent. And people look at her, and she needs aids to do right, right, everything, right? right, right. right? And, but she's independent. And her idea of independence is that she is running the show. Right. Somebody may do things thing. for right, her, right? right. right? But, but she's, she's run- orchestrating. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's her vision that mm-hmm. is being implemented. And so it means different things to different people. And one of the things that I think um, every month I do orientation at ICS and one of the things that we have is a picture of one of our members who actually works here at ICS, and he's on a New York City bus, and he's describing his wheelchair in the photo, and he says, I couldn't imagine living my life without my wheelchair. It's my legs, it's my feet. Without it, I'm, I'm trapped, right? Mm-hmm. And I always love to see new people's faces when they see that, when they read it, and it kind of hits them. Because people think about wheelchairs in exactly the opposite way, right? Right. right? Right. And wheelchair is a trap. And if I was in one, I would want to die, right? And so when you when you flip that on its head and you say the wheelchair or the scooter is a vehicle to freedom, people don't really know what to do with that when they first get here. My children look at me with the wheelchair, scooter, whatever, and they feel like I gave up. Right, but they don't get it. When I'm on the West Side Highway, riding down a bike trail with my headphones on, and there's nothing stopping me, it's like freedom. Freedom, you know. Or when they have to run to keep up with me, you know, it's freedom. That's so and funny. And they don't get it. I saw that you posted that on Facebook the other day. I would be sitting at home barking at people, right? you know, because yeah, I would yeah. be miserable. Because you'd be miserable. You know, I would be miserable. And to think of, you know, when I think of the being out in the community. And, and and having the freedom to come when you want to do things. Imagine these same people not having this opportunity and having to live in a nursing home. Right. You know, I've worked in a nursing home before. Right. And I, I don't think I lasted a month because it was very depressing. Right. It was very hurtful to see people. You just, they're keeping you alive. Right. And that's it. You know, there's no flourishing, there's right. no blossoming, yeah. there's there's nothing sure. beyond the mundane. Yeah. And to, to imagine all of these treasures out here tucked away in a nursing home. Right. You know, it's like, it's, well, okay. I think the idea of, and nursing homes are part of the continuum of care, and right. some people need to be in a nursing home, and, and it's part of the process, and, and for some people it really works. But and, it used to be what... You did with people with disabilities. Right, exactly. Right, right. Without, it, without giving them choices about right, living or, in the community. And that's certainly not something that we want to see happen. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the idea of choice, and we did a, a couple of years ago, we did a training on disability competency. And one of the things Anna Fay, who's our Senior Vice President of Independent Living Services, really wrote the curriculum. And one of the things that she wanted people to understand was that concept of independence and how vital it is to life. And again, independence means different things to different people. But one of the things we did in that exercise was to say like, okay, so you're in a a bad car accident and you end up in a nursing home. And what, so what what have you lost? And people start talking about their family and their friends and the ability to pick what they want to eat 
and the ability to pick what time they want to go to bed. And one guy talked about his, his CDs, his music collection, because that was what moved him in the world, right? He said, I, did, I do everything with music. I have a playlist for everything and every mood that I'm in. And if I didn't know my music, I would die, right? And I, and I just remember thinking all of these things that make a life and that make independence and that make you, you, right? That's what we try to support at ICS. That's what we're trying to figure out. How can we help you to be you and to be out in the world in the way that you want to be out in the world? And, and it, there is no formula because we don't know what makes you, you, unless so you tell us. It's, it's so, so individual. individual. Right. And it should be. It should mm -hmm. be individual, right? Because I couldn't, I couldn't, that particular person who was talking about his music, he didn't have a wife and he didn't have children, so those were not the things. He talked about his dog and his music. And interestingly, he was a nurse. And he, taught, he used to work someplace else, and he talked about how at his old job, sending people to a nursing home was no big deal. He's like, yeah, it was just like one of, the ch you know, one of the choices on the box, the checkoff boxes, right? And he's like, yeah, I used to check it all the time and say, go to a nursing home. And never did he think about what a profound loss it might have been for somebody or how difficult it might have been to transition and, and what people lost and what they, how they lost their independence. And so I think that one of the things that we really care about at ICS is that understanding of the loss of independence and how people are dealing with it and how what a struggle it is for a lot of folks and we work really hard to make sure that people get it because if they if they get it then they're doing their job in a different way you just said something about the him checking the box and not even realizing you know that's it just struck me that's so deep because it's, it's, it's such a quick thoughtless decision that can change someone's life because sometimes you know you give up right when you don't see a way yeah you absolutely. give up you I know? agree that's well and and as a healthcare professional you have to there's so and I think that's as true in any profession right there's lots of places where things become rote right. and you kind of check the boxes because you have to check the boxes and there's lots of places where we have to create reports and report to the state about what we're doing and check 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 and that that those are not bad things those things should be done because somebody should be monitoring the work that we're doing right. and making sure that we're carrying out our mission in a way that is the way we're supposed to do that um but you can become very, uh, it can become very commonplace, right? And, and you kind of do it mindlessly. Right. And I think uh, encouraging people to really think about that is, is part of that training, but also part of the culture at ICS, to try to do your job with mindfulness, to really think about how the work that you're doing impacts the life of the person that you're working with. And um, not everybody's the same. And so how can you figure out a way to support that person to do what they want? And it's not always 100% possible, Stephanie, I'll be honest with you, but it should be at least possible to have the conversation. And, and so important. And, and I'm understanding, the more we, you know, we talk and more I'm having these conversations and interviewing people, so important for the member to be as vocal and involved as they can to Absolutely. make sure that they get the most Absolutely. that they can because if if and and, it, and it's not something that's done on purpose i think we agree um well we sort of think that oh other people will do the best for us right you know whether it's your doctor or hospital yeah, or whatever absolutely. you just assume that people are going to do the best for you and they might just be doing 
what's necessary for right? you. Absolutely. And it's not necessarily the best. So you really have to, you know, be involved in... in wow. And listen, some people are in this field because... I would say 95% of the people in this field are in this field because they really care about people and they want to help people, right? 5% of the people are in this field because they needed a job and they figured out this was one they could get, right? <laughs> and so... You know, you, and and on a given day, who knows who you're going to run into, right, right? right? So you being a, how that's going to how that's going to impact your life, and so you being able to kind of clearly state your needs and understand what ICS offers, and figuring out a way to really say, what do I want for the next 180 days? What's important to me for the next three months? What matters to me? And and really being able to frame that in a way that your social worker and your care manager can help you to figure that out and be out there in the world in a different way. And and we've seen lots of people move through periods of their life, right? I mean, so sometimes people come to us and they're newly injured and they're angry and depressed and frustrated and you got to kind of stay with them during that process, right? And try to figure out, okay. And then, then they go through another phase where they're kind of like, accepting the process and, and being okay and kind of maybe coming to ICS programming. And, mm-hmm. and then maybe the next part of that is getting a job or right. being out in the world in a different way, right? And and you have to kind of support people through that whole process. And, and people's lives change, right? If you're a member for 10 years at ICS, we can't expect what you wanted in 1999 to be the same thing as what you right. want in 2009, right? Mm-hmm. Because you might have been a young mother at that time and now your kids are 10 years old and that's a different scenario. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you, in the five years that I've been a member, my life has changed tremendously. Right. It has really changed tremendously. And um, with that, I'm going to say thank you so much. And I'm really, my mind is blown right now. <laughs> no, it's blown because I'm, I'm learning so much. And, and, and... I just want to, now I just want to, you know, go ahead. you got to get involved. you got to right? get involved, Absolutely. you know, to everybody. But please do. You I know, mean, one that. of the things that you're, one of the contributions you're making to our community is by hosting these podcasts and really putting your voice out there as a member, from the member's perspective, yeah. talking about how life at ICS is. And, you know, we're not a perfect organization. There's never a day that Rick Serpent is going to stand up and say, this is a perfect organization. We are a iterative organization we believe very much in learning from processes and sometimes our mistakes and so we want people to talk with us we want people to tell us about how we're doing and if we don't do that we, we never change and right. that's no good for right. us or for our members right so Maureen thank you so much thank I really you, appreciate Stephanie. it all right. It was great. That was Laureen Looney, Senior Vice President of Communications and Marketing at ICS. You have been listening to Independence Radio, a broadcast of Independence Care System, a community-based nonprofit agency serving the Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Queens, and dedicated to supporting older adults and adults with physical disabilities and chronic conditions to live at home and participate fully in community life. To learn more, visit www.icsnewyork.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Stephanie Wallace. You can catch my live talk show, Laid, Love and Intimacy for the Disabled, on Monday nights at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on blogtalkradio.com slash laid. Bye-bye.